Blessings to you all and welcome to another podcast, Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers. Although, as you probably picked up from the different music that introduced today's session, there is something different about today's podcast. We're not going to be listening to an excerpt from one of the Fathers of the Church. Instead, uh, I'm blessed, I'm privileged, and I'm grateful uh, to have one of my students from Holy Family University, who I have in the Introduction to Hebrew Scripture course, be part of today's podcast. I've offered an invitation to all of my students uh, to be uh, a guest on the podcast and to share with us some of their own experiences of learning theology uh, as an undergraduate here at Holy Family University and the role that they've seen theology playing in their life and perhaps maybe even a discussion on the role that theology has in their future major and future profession. So today uh, we're blessed and grateful uh, to have Nolan uh, Nolan, one of the students in Introduction to he the Hebrew Scripture course. Thank you. Thank you. It is truly an honor to be here. Uh, the privilege is mine. I am a fan of the Hebrew Scriptures, so when I found out that this class was offered, um, you know, I, I was more than excited uh, to be able to join this class. And then when the opportunity to be on the podcast, also, I, I don't think you understand how much it means to me that I get to be here today. Um, that being said, let's dive right in. So one thing um, from this course that piqued my interest uh, was the learning model that you had taught us, um, the model of encounter, experience, and then shub. Interesting. So in terms of being a, a student in the course model or the, or the method that we had begun to take a look at, that's what has uh, grabbed your attention uh, initially? So I didn't necessarily learn how to learn Hebrew scriptures right away in this sense. I learned a different way of you analyze the text and then you ask away and then you know you get an answer and you keep moving forward. You try and analyze and you do try and dig deeper, but there was no particular model. So when you introduced this model, I, I thought, wow, this is amazing. What, what I find fascinating about your, your interest is that, you know, a, a lot of times when we talk about a model uh, or a method or an approach with anything, it doesn't that doesn't necessarily seem uh, all that glamorous. You know, we want, we want to get to the content real quick. Or when we, when we get something that has to be assembled, we want to get right to that and bypass taking a look at the instructions that are giving us a, a method or a model to go about constructing this so that it's, it's done right and it's going to last. So that's what intrigued me when you said that you uh, wanted to talk about the uh, method that we've been studying. Uh, why it is that, that method, this, the, and the particular method that is being offered in class has one of, of, of many, but why the method grabbed your attention? I'd love to. So 
the method itself provides a basis of learning scriptures. Without the basis, you don't have a foundation. And a shaky foundation, the whole building falls down. So I, I found it to be the, the most practical yet most necessary uh, way of going about learning scriptures. So many different verses in so many different verses all throughout scriptures can be taken in different ways. You know, you could read one thing one way while somebody else interprets it a completely different way. Mm-hmm. When you apply a model, when you apply a method, it allows for you to have consistency throughout your learning of the scriptures. So you're not wishy-washy, you're not jumping back and forth and confusing yourself or if you're giving it over to those around you, to others. You're staying consistent and clean and you have a strong foundation. Interesting though, uh, that you bring this up of consistency in, in the applying of a method to a variety of various passages or, or episodes uh, from the Hebrew scriptures. Do you think that the method that we're using can confine the scriptures? Do you think it can rob the scriptures of some of its message, or back to your point with consistency, do you think on a consistent basis it can help us expand our our insights a little bit more deeply? I think that's a great question. Um, We're not going to be able to derive the quadratic formula from the building of Noah's Ark. (laughs) However, (laughs) however, um, we are able to pull apart the different aspects of Noah's confrontation with God. We're able to see exactly what is happening um, with this method. And to go a little bit deeper in the method, we always start off by identifying people, places, objects, and actions. Mm. And I meant to mention that earlier, but now is better than ever. Um, And by identifying people, places, objects, and actions, we're able to assess the events occurring, and then we can move into encounter experience and then tube. So do I think that it's robbing um, any of the passages? No. Do I think it's restricting? When you clarify something, you're not necessarily restricting it. And by us clarifying these verses, we're not trying to restrict anything. We're trying to gain further insight. And I think that's really what we're trying to do here. Back to what you had mentioned a moment ago uh, as you started to identify some of the elements of the method that we've been looking at in Scripture, particularly starting with encounter. What have you seen as the importance Uh, of encounter for the particular episodes that we've taken a look at. So regarding encounter, um, there's a general rule that every encounter has some aspect of danger. Now, what happens when one is in danger? They they need to find a way to get out of danger, typically, and, and how that happens, we follow the scriptures, and then we analyze it, and then we go into experience where, um, and every experience in scriptures is also awkward. It has an awkward um, meeting point. 
And then, um, so after you've been in danger, after, you know, something awkward has taken place, then there's an aspect of returning, of shub. And from there, um, we actually are able to analyze and see um, what, it, what is brought down in, uh, in the verses of uh, one alone is God and God is one. This sense of, of encounter is always going to uh, move us in the direction of dealing with some type of connection person to person uh, to assist one another, uh, first of all, in being drawn from some threat to life, some danger, whatever it might be, whether it's a danger on a physical level uh, or a danger on a spiritual level, but that there's going to be some movement from that danger to uh, a place of safety. And it, it's fascinating because, uh, you know, so far in the course, we've, we've spent a fair amount of time uh, and more to come with the person of Moses. Did anything come to mind in terms of Moses and dealing with danger, things to help move people from that place of danger or that situation of danger to a, to a place of safety? So I think you pretty much just summarized the event of Exodus. Moses being chosen from God to lead the people, the, the Israelites, uh, the Hebrews, out of Egypt to their land. However, it's interesting because he himself never stepped foot in Israel. Um, he led the people to the border where then Joshua was able to take the next step. But back to Moses and danger, I mean, every single time he had to approach uh, the Pharaoh, um, the king of Egypt, he was in danger. Imagine, you know, especially in those times, you speak out against the king and, you know, there's very, very little opportunity for mercy there. So I can't imagine how scared he was, even with God, even with the almighty, infinite God behind you. You know, you're still there on the front lines. And, you know, it, it's, I can only imagine, I can't imagine how scared he must have been. And this brings up, maybe we could say, um, as far as our podcast for today is concerned, maybe we could end on this note uh, to bring, bring things together. Uh, your last point was very, very fascinating. You know, that, you know, here's Moses called by God. And he needs to dialogue with Pharaoh to get people out of Egypt and into eventually what we call the promised land. You bring up a fascinating point of the humanity of Moses. As you said, you can't even imagine what it must have been like for Moses to stand before Pharaoh. Knowing at the same time that he also has this assistance of the divine behind him, for it was the divine that called him. So, in in my estimation, it, it, it seems to lead us to a, a a point where scripture can become the meeting place of God and humanity, humanity responding to this this gracious invitation uh, of of God for a particular way of living, and. That's, that, I, I find that exciting. 
you know, that um, it, it's not shelving our humanness, uh, but it's also recognizing that our humanity is called to something more. And in, in terms of that more, it's, go, it's going to involve this, this way of living, which uh, obviously that's a topic that keeps coming up quite often in class. And maybe we could just end with that. Do you have any, uh, any maybe concluding words you wanted to mention about the scriptures as a, as a way of life or scriptures as a record of a way of living to then be received and embraced uh, for contemporary living? So the scriptures as a whole really encompass what life was like back then. And with a little bit of an open mind, we can apply that way of living to today. I'm going to kind of cheat here. It's an easy one of, you know, uh, don't kill, don't steal, love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, and I'm going to finish on that one, actually. What does it mean, love thy neighbor as thyself? It The actual translation is love. It's not love thy neighbor. It's not love thy fellow. It's love those around you, whether they are your friends or even if they're your enemy, you still love and treat them as yourself because, and it really harps on this, humanity as a whole is one, like we are one. Just like God is one, we are one. We are one nation, we are one people. We are like, we're all humans on this earth. And so by taking care of each other, we can actually build the world up um, and we can just live holistic lives, one life together in peace, harmony, and unity. That um, not only a timely message, but uh, in my estimation, uh, an important message uh, for, for our world and for our lives today. Nolan, can't thank you enough. And to all who are listening to this, uh, again, the students that are joining me on the podcast have chosen to do this out of the kindness and generosity of their heart. This is over and above uh, what they're already doing for class. So I, I can't thank you enough because uh, there's a lot of great things happening here at Holy Family, a lot of great things happening with our course of study in the lives of students. And I just want to get that great message out there. Can't do it without you. Can't do it without you, Nolan. Can't do it without your uh, classmates uh, that have been part of this. So again, my sincere thanks, and I'm, I'm sure the, li the listeners out there are appreciative uh, to know that undergrads are taking their study of theology within the context of general education very seriously. It's making an impact and making a difference in life. So we'll close this podcast the way I close each class. It is the blessing of Aaron. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace today and all the days of your life.